And then all of a sudden you jump into entrepreneurship and you're like dropped in the middle of the ocean with nothing. So communities, I think, are a great way to feel like you've got some support. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau, the podcast for corporate refugees who want to do more of what they love and get paid what they're worth. I'm David Schreiner-Khan, your guide and community builder. Smashing the Plateau is more than just a podcast. We're a community of like-minded consultants who are committed to supporting one another on our business journey. Before we start, I'd like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. Struggling with achieving your business goals and navigating through challenges can be overwhelming, but here's a solution. Visit smashingtheplateau.com goals to book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me. This one-on-one session offers a unique opportunity for you to gain clarity on your business aspirations, identify roadblocks hindering your progress, and outline practical steps toward achieving your goals. It's personalized, focused, and designed to equip you with the insights to drive your business forward. It's a limited time offer, so seize the moment. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. In today's episode, we're joined by online business strategist Scott Brenner. Scott will shed light on the importance of honing a winning mindset, mastering customer attraction strategies, and the evolving world of online businesses. He also dives deep into why aligning personal and business goals is crucial and how one can find valuable information to leverage for success. If you've ever wondered about the dynamics of an online business or wanted practical tips from an industry expert, this is an episode you won't want to miss. So get your notepad ready and let's dive into this rich conversation with Scott. Now let's welcome Scott Brenner. Scott is a former software engineer, technical project manager, web developer, cybersecurity consultant, small business owner, and entrepreneur. Although his background is highly technical, his communication skills are good. Scott enjoys translating techno geek speak into plain English. Along with a business partner, Scott is now focusing on teaching and mentoring aspiring entrepreneurs who are interested in building online businesses but need a knowledgeable guide while they proceed in their journey. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Good to be here. So you have a long career as an engineer, primarily in employed roles. Tell me a little bit about your transition into entrepreneurship. Uh, Sure, David. Well, I spent about uh, 20 years at some large U.S. telecommunications companies uh, doing software engineering, which is a job that I landed right out of college. They recruited me from there and did all the training. So I was sort of in that corporate world, dealing with large teams on gigantic projects, a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of politics. I had gotten to the point uh, after about 20 years of that where I felt that my my skills had kind of maxed out there and uh, just wanted to kind of, you know, move into something a little bit more entrepreneurial. The other problem too that I had when I was in corporate America is there were a lot of waves of layoffs and restructurings and downsizings and all this. And you never knew when it was going to hit the organization you were in. And I did not like the feeling of going to work every day, wondering if this is going to be my last day at work. So I wanted to feel like I had some control over my career destiny. So I, uh, I left the corporation that I was at. Uh, at that point, I was very interested in web design and web development and wanted to kind of hang a shingle and sort of do that by myself, uh, maybe, maybe hire a few people. 
So I kind of left and started a little web design business focused initially on nonprofits and uh, didn't really do any kind of advertising or marketing. I just kind of put the word out among friends and family that this is what I was doing. And I got a couple of initial clients and then that led to some referrals, got some more stuff and, uh, you know, kind of did, did that for a bit. What year did you start your web design business? So I officially incorporated in 2008, but there was about five or six years between leaving corporate America and sort of making it legally official where I was kind of just monkeying around a little bit, feeling out the waters, trying out some things, seeing if I really wanted to do that. Uh, But when I realized that I just didn't really want to go back to a corporate job at that point, I kind of said, well, let me let me at least pretend to myself that this is going to be my real thing. So I started an LLC and, you know, built a website and created a company name and did all the the legal stuff because I felt that if I made it feel more official to me, then it would become that. And then I wouldn't have to go back and get a corporate job. That was, that was my thinking. And it, it sort of worked out, I guess, for a while. What do you mean? Well, you know, the problem with any entrepreneur is especially when you're getting started is half the time you don't really know what you're doing, or at least you don't know everything that you're doing. You don't have a steady stream of clients unless you're extremely lucky. And so income was very unsteady and my clients were picking me rather than the other way around. So pretty much anybody who knocked on my door and said, hey, can you design and build a website? I would say sure, because like I needed the income and, and you know the experience and you know possible referrals. So you know, it was a different experience than being in the corporate world, but I also didn't like the fact that I did not feel like I had complete control over what I was doing from an income generation uh, standpoint. And how did you turn that around? Uh, I would say I probably didn't. I, some other sort of life circumstances happened where I ended up moving to a different area where there were a lot more opportunities to do sort of a a combination of the corporate work that I had been doing with some of the web design and web development and technical project management work that I also liked to do. So these were some roles at, at much smaller companies where my corporate experience was valued greatly, but I did not feel that I was in the same kind of environment with all the politics and bureaucracy and and layoffs and things like that. So I ended up taking a couple of roles there. This was sort of, you know, an offer I couldn't refuse. You know, it was it was a steady paycheck. It was good benefits. It was work that I could do in my sleep. Uh, it was enjoyable. But, you know, in small businesses, there are also issues. They're not the same as in corporate America, but there's also issues there. And so I kind of ended up not staying in most of those roles really f- more than a year or two. I would kind of hop around because new opportunities would would pop up. And whether it was attractive just due to a higher salary or more interesting, challenging work, I would kind of just jump from one thing to another. I I didn't feel the same loyalty that I had felt when I was working for large corporations. So would you say that that work was like pseudo corporate? Because it was a series of jobs as opposed to your own business. Yeah, but a little more entrepreneurial in in some aspects. Yeah, I would say the entrepreneurial aspect was that I was seeing myself almost like a one-person consulting company where I would place myself into these businesses for a period of time to do the project work. You know, it wasn't come become an employee for 20 years. It was 
we've got some work that we think is going to last for a year or two, and we want you to come in and do that work. So, you know, my entrepreneurial business was basically selling myself into these companies. In some cases, I did go in as an employee and others I went in as a contractor, but it was a different kind of arrangement where I felt essentially I was selling my time for money, but in a way that I wasn't completely owned by the company. You know, they couldn't call me nights and weekends and ask me to do work. That was, it was sort of, you know, that was not kosher. So it was just a different kind of arrangement, but you know, one one of the challenges I found, for example, is some of these smaller businesses were not run very well. Now, you know, maybe that was just my bias having come from some giant, you know, Fortune 100, if not Fortune 50 American corporations that, you know, despite all of their problems, you know, they're run by people who know what they're doing, you know, whether we like it or not. And in some of these smaller companies, there were just a lot of issues that I would see. And that would, that would sometimes get frustrating. But, uh, you know, I tried to do the best I could. No, 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 no. That, that makes sense. So now fast forward to today. Tell me a little bit about the kind of business that you're running now and how that came about. Yeah. So, you know, I ended up joining, you know, my entrepreneurial sort of quests. I ended up joining a couple of different uh, business groups. And in one that I joined, I was actively looking for people who had skills that I did not have. There are certain areas that I'm pretty strong in. There's other areas where I know I am very weak. And so for me, digital marketing is an area where I'm, I'm kind of weak. I'm, I'm really good on the technical skills, content creation, all that. And I kind of ran into this guy that seemed to have a lot of digital marketing skills. And you know, one thing led to another. I kind of reached out. I just said, hey, would you want to chat about you know, doing some possible collaborations together? You know, I can lend you my skills and you lend me your skills. So uh, we kind of hit it off and we sort of also had the same, um, the same philosophy and the same approach to, to working where we basically want to, you know, we're not just in it for the money. We re- really want to help clients solve real problems. We want to add a lot of value. We want to be subject matter experts to them. We want to educate them on possible ways that they can improve their businesses. So uh, he and I started collaborating on a couple of things and we realized that there was kind of a, a hole in the market where um, entrepreneurial people, whether it is somebody who has been a, a freelancer or maybe a retiree or maybe somebody with a job who, who's doing a side hustle or it could be somebody like I had been in the last few years at these corporate jobs where I was frustrated, I wanted to get out, but I had no clue how to do that. So all of these people, the thing they have in common is they may have an idea for something that they can turn into an online business, but they either don't know any of the steps to do that, or they don't know all of the steps to do that. And they need a little guidance. So my business partner and I decided to start putting together some sort of guided workshops, coaching things where we could pull these people in and help them as much or as little as needed. You know, some people have 80% of what they need to do, and they're just a little bit short on some tasks. Others have a great idea for a really promising online business, but they don't have the first clue about how to get started. And so we think that we can help all of these people and we can do it in a live, interactive way. You know, this is, these are, you know, what we're putting together are not canned videos that people just do at their own pace and they can't ask questions. They can't interact with other people going on the same journey or a similar journey. Um, so that's what we're trying to do right now is we're, we're building, we're building some products that are going to help these people essentially get something up and running online 
make it profitable, you know, understand what's working and what's not. And, um, you know, hopefully feel like they're in more, con- more control of their own sort of career and income destinies. Scott, how did you zero in on this particular niche? Because you have a lot of great skills. Yeah. As we've talked about already. Right. I think it was, you know, people were sort of coming to us with questions about other things. And then they would say something like, you know, oh, do you guys know how to do X, Y, and Z? And we started probing a little bit and trying to understand, you know, what they were, what are you really trying to do? You know, they'd be asking us about how to do email marketing or how to build a website or how to find a target audience for a product that they were thinking about building. And we realized that there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, you can go spend hundreds or thousands of dollars and buy a lot of videos, you know, or coaching programs or something like that. But we felt there wasn't something at, you know, sort of at an accessible price point and in a smaller cohort-based thing that people could do. We're not, we're not trying to teach 500 people all at once. Our, our cohorts are, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 people at a time. So the benefit is not just the material that they're learning, but it's networking with other aspiring entrepreneurs like themselves. So everybody learns from everybody else. So it's, you know, one plus one equals seven kind of a deal. Mm. And why this particular model? I don't know. I, I think we felt that it was something that we could excel at. You know, we, we enjoy teaching other people things. We like smaller groups. We think it's, you know, doing something in an interactive way where we can teach a topic for 30 or 45 minutes and then do 15 or 20 minutes of Q&A and try to get people to interact. And also, you know, another critical component is that we give out homework assignments. So it's not just here's a, here's a lecture and, you know, go do with it what you will. We really want to encourage people to do the exercises that we're giving them. We're, we're trying to make it really interactive and getting them to take an active role. You know, as entrepreneurs, you know, you can't just sort of do something and put it out there and hope that it will work. You know, it's, stuff's really hard. Like you have to do a lot of things and, and, you know, half of what you're going to do might be wrong, but uh, half of what you do is right. And you just have to do a lot of stuff. So we, we like to give a lot of practical exercises that help people sort of hone in on what they do. It helps teach them some skills. And then when they get stuck on something that we've given them to do, it's, it's great for them to come back and say, Hey, I didn't really get this part or can you help me with that? And then we can help that person, but we're also helping 10 or 11 other people at the same time. Mm. Are there any specific industries or disciplines that this is most suited for? We try not to be too particular. We do like to focus on, I would say, you know, people who are doing something where their business has a huge online component. Now, while we can help somebody who may have an idea for a physical product to sell, we prefer people who are selling knowledge in one way or another, you know, whether that's, that's a coach or somebody like that, where the actual product they're producing is sort of either just intellectual property or just knowledge of, of some form. You know, for one reason, the, the, the costs to get something up and running are a lot lower than if you have to produce a physical product to do prototypes and things like that. Um, even though we can't we can provide some advice to people like that, but we're, we're trying to focus basically on, you know, what we'll call knowledge workers. Mm-hmm. Why is having a significant online component important? 
Well, I think it's kind of the area where my partner and I are the most comfortable. We've been in the online world world for decades and we we know the ways to to build and promote things in that arena much more than, you know, if somebody came to us and said, I want to open a, you know, a bagel shop on the corner, you know, now you're talking about a lot of physical stuff and that's just not our area of expertise. So we, we prefer to focus on the online. Plus, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's much easier, quicker, less expensive to kind of get up and running. You can also track things a lot easier to, to understand what's working and what's not working. Uh, tweak and adjust constantly. That's you know a little bit harder to do in the in the physical world. Mm-hmm. In um, an ideal scenario, could you sh- perhaps share a story or a prototypical story of what somebody would be going through? Yeah. So we have we have sort of a a roadmap that we that we go through, and it takes somebody all the way from validating an idea and and even there's sort of a pre-step before that where if somebody says for example I want to become an entrepreneur I hate my job I want to leave it or I want to generate a second source of revenue but I don't even have an idea we have some exercises that can help them figure out some ideas but after that after that we've got ways where they can validate the idea because a lot of people jump into it. They think they've got a great idea for business and they go build a website and they do, they spend all sorts of money on ads and, you know, building email lists and everything only to discover that, you know, nobody wants to buy what they're selling. So we feel it's really important to validate first. And honestly, if you have an idea that turns out to not be valid, we consider that to be a success because you have not spent a lot of time and money on something that would have failed. You, you learned that right up front. So to us, that's a success and we'll help you pivot and find another idea. But the point is, you know, by the time you validated your idea and you've put it into one of a couple categories that we, that we recommend, you know it's going to work. You know that people will pay money for it and you know that you will be capable of producing whatever it is. And then after that, you know, there's there's some technical stuff in terms of setting up websites and building email lists and landing pages and lead magnets and things like that. We go through a bunch of stuff on, you know, how to find your target audience, uh, how to speak to them in an effective way. And most importantly, you know, we try to get people to do what we are trying to do ourselves, which is to add value first. Don't necessarily expect anything in return. Just provide a lot of value, help people, give them good, valuable, useful, actionable information. And then if you do that well, eventually, you know, you will build an audience that people will be paying you for things. So we go through some of that and some traditional digital marketing techniques. And and then, you know, we kind of wrap up with some modules on measuring and monitoring things so that you are actively understanding what things are working, what things are not. So you can do more of one and less of the other. And then finally, you know, how to grow, how to, how to expand, whether it's, you know, adding additional uh, things to sell or, you know, creating a second niche to go into or expanding your audience or something like that. So, you know, it's hard to summarize in a few minutes, but it's, it's essentially an entire, an entire roadmap. You know, we've used the analogy of if somebody wants to drive from New York to Los Angeles, you know, we're kind of sitting in the back seat the whole way saying, you know, turn left here, go two miles, turn right, et cetera. We're with them the whole way. And if they get stuck on something, we're there to help them. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. Scott, I want to go back to something we talked about earlier. You know, you mentioned your interaction with communities and how that's been helpful to you as an entrepreneur. I wonder if, if you can go a little deeper and perhaps share an anecdote of an experience 
that has been a game changer that wouldn't have happened without the community? Yeah. I mean, I would say that communities have been really valuable to me. I, um, you know, whether I seem like it or not, I, I feel like I'm a pretty introverted person, you know, and being a techie, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable working with a computer than interacting with, with human beings. And so I think my first forays into becoming active in a community were just to force myself into it and reach out and talk to people and just say, you know, here's what I'm good at. Is there anything that I can help you with? Again, with no expectation of anything in return, but basically just say, I've got some skills, I've got some knowledge, I would love to share them. And if I can help you in any way, that would be great. And, you know, maybe at some point in the future, you could help me with something, but I'm not expecting it. You know, becoming an entrepreneur is, it's, you, you can feel very alone. It's, it's a solo, unsupported journey for many entrepreneurs, especially, I don't know, especially for me, you know, I came from the corporate world where I had been there since college for several decades. And there's, there's a whole structure, it's different organizations. People are telling you what to do, when to do it, all sorts of support. And then all of a sudden you jump into entrepreneurship and you're like, you know, dropped in the middle of the ocean with, you know, with nothing. So communities, I think are a great way to feel like you've got some support you can get some validation for, for your ideas. You can get feedback. You can get accountability. It's very easy when you are an entrepreneur and looking at a giant list of things to say, eh, I'll do those tomorrow or I'll do that next week or I, I don't feel like doing this. So communities are a great way to get accountability, whether it's it's one-on-one with an accountability partner or whether it's in you know a mastermind group or something. It's great to say, okay, here are my goals for the week. Here's what I'm going to be working on this week. And next week, I want you to ask me, did I really do those things? Just knowing that somebody's going to be asking you that is a pretty good motivator to, to work on them and try to try to make progress. I think the other thing about communities too is it's, you know, for anybody who's worked for more than a few years, you do have some knowledge and, ex- and some experience. And if you have an opportunity to share that with other people, that's great. I love doing that. You know, I, I've got, you know, several decades of experience now in various fields. And, um, you know, whether it's younger people or people kind of coming into a field for the first time, if I can give them a jump start and help, kind of help them with some tips on something, I like doing that you know, wherever possible in a community. Sounds great. Scott, what, what's your definition of community? I would say it is a group of like-minded people with more or less a similar goal. So certainly, you know, in an entrepreneurial community, you know, people are generally trying to do something positive that they can sell for money so that they can control their own destiny, control their income level, and just feel like they're doing something that they love to do and are being compensated fairly for that, you know, versus just being a cog in a wheel in a giant corporation. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on your own entrepreneurial journey. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about the success that is going to unfold as time goes on. We've covered a lot of topics in this episode, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything that we've discussed, access any resources you have or learn more about you or get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to go? Sure. So I guess I can say two things. So first of all, uh, if anybody wants to email me about 
about anything. I will tackle any question or, or provide feedback on anything that I've got any inkling of knowledge about. The best email to get me at is uh, scott, S-C-O-T-T, at onlinebizfromscratch.com. So it's online, B-I-Z, from the word from scratch.com. In addition, what I'd like to do, uh, David, for your audience is provide a free ebook. It's, it's, I think it's only three or four pages, so it's very quickly and easily digestible. This is something that my partner and I created. This has actionable steps to show you how to build a profitable online business if all you have is an idea. It's aimed at different levels of entrepreneurs. So it could be somebody who's been an entrepreneur for many years or somebody just starting out. And they can get this at, uh, the, the web address here is 14 steps. So it's 14steps dot CK, as in Charlie Kangaroo, CK dot page, like the thing in a book, P-A-G-E. There's no dot com. It's a weird, it's a weird web address, but it's 14 steps dot CK dot page. And they can use the promo code STP as in smashing the plateau. And we'll send them that book. And then um, we'll send any other useful information that we can find that might be helpful to people. Sounds great. Well, Scott, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your experiences and your insights. My guest has been online business strategist, Scott Brenner. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. Thanks, David. It's great to be here. Remember, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean going it alone. Our community is here to support you, inspire you, and walk with you on your journey. Don't forget to visit smashingtheplateau.com goals and book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me, David Schreiner-Kahn. It's an opportunity to gain clarity, identify obstacles, and create a solid action plan toward achieving your business aspirations. That's smashingtheplateau.com goals. Join us next time for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.